Hello, Auburn students. It's Miss Calarco here, the librarian at Auburn High School. And today I'm going to read the first chapter of a pretty cool science fiction book. It's titled All Systems Red, The Murderbot Diaries by Martha Wells. Chapter 1. I could have become a mass murderer after I hacked my governor module, but then I realized I could access the combined feed of entertainment channels carried on the company's satellites. It had been well over 35,000 hours or so since then, was still not much murdering, but probably, I don't know, a little under 35,000 hours of movies, serials, books, plays, and music consumed. As a heartless killing machine, I was a terrible failure. I was also still doing my job on a new contract and hoping Dr. Valescu and Dr. Baradawaj finished their survey soon so we could get back to the habitat and I could watch episode 397 of Rise and Fall of Sanctuary Moon. I admit I was distracted. I was a boring, it was a boring contract so far, and I was thinking about backburnering the status alert channel and trying to access music on the entertainment feed without hub system logging the extra activity. It was trickier to do in the field than it was in the habitat. This assessment zone was a barren stretch of coastal island with low flat hills rising and falling in thick greenish black grass up to my ankles. Not much in the way of flora or fauna, except a bunch of different sized bird-like things and some puffy, floaty things that were harmless as far as we knew. The coast was dotted with big bear craters, one of which Baradawaj and Valescu were taking samples in. The planet had a ring, which from our current position dominated the horizon when you looked out to sea. I was looking at the sky, immensely poking at the feed when the bottom of the crater exploded. It did, I didn't bother to make a verbal emergency call. I sent the visual feed from my field camera to Dr. Mensah's, and jumped down into the crater. As I scrambled down to the sandy slope, I could already hear Mensa over the emergency comm channel, yelling at someone to get the hopper in the air now. They were about 10 kilos away, working on another part of the island, so there was no way they were going to get here in time to help. Conflicting commands filled my feed, but I didn't pay attention. Even if I hadn't borked my own governor module, the emergency feed took priority, and it was chaotic, too. With the automated hub system wanting data, and trying to send me data, I didn't need yet, and Mensa sending me tele telemetry from the hopper, which I also didn't need, but it was easier to ignore than hub systems simultaneously demanding answers and trying to supply them. In the middle of all that, I hit the bottom of the crater. I have small energy weapons built into my, both my arms, but the one I went for was the big projectile weapon clamped to my back. The hostile that had just exploded up out of the ground had a really big mouth, so I felt I needed a really big gun. I dragged Barajawaj out of his mouth and shoved myself in there instead and discharged my weapon down his throat and then up toward where I hoped the brain would be. I'm not sure if that all happened in that order. I'd have to replay my own field camera feed. All I knew was that I had Barajawaj and it didn't, and I had disappeared back down the tunnel. She was unconscious and bleeding through her suit from massive wounds in her right leg and side. I clamped the weapon back into its harness so I could lift her with both arms. I had lost the armor on my left arm and a lot of the flesh underneath, but my non-organic parts were still working. Another burst of commands from the governor module came through, and I backburned it without bothering to decode them. Baradawaj not having non-organic parts and not as easily repaired as me was definitely a priority here, and I was mainly interested in what the med system was trying to tell me on the emergency feed. But first I needed to get her out of the crater. During all this, Valskul was huddled on the churned-up rock, losing his shit. Not that I was unsympathetic. 
I was far less vulnerable in this situation than he was, and I wasn't exactly having a great time either. I said, Dr. Valsku, you need to come with me now. He didn't respond. Medsystem was advising a trink shot and blah, 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 but I was clamping one arm on Dr. Badrosha's suit to keep her from bleeding out and supporting her head with the other, and despite everything, I only had two hands. I told my helmet to retract so he could see my human face. If the hostile came back and bit me again, this would be a bad mistake, because I did need the organic parts of my head. I made my voice firm and warm and gentle and said, Dr. Valescu, it's gonna be fine, okay? But you need to get up and come help me get her out of here. That did it. He shoved to his feet and staggered over to me, still shaking. I turned my good side toward him and said, grab my arm, okay? Hold on. He managed to loop his arm around the crook of my elbow, and I started up the crater toward him towing him, holding Baradawaj against my chest. Her breathing was rough and desperate, and I couldn't get any info from her suit. Mine was torn across my chest, so I upped the warmth on my body, hoping it would help. The feed was quiet now, Mensa having managed to use her leadership priority to mute everything but med system in the hopper, and all I could hear on the hopper feed was the others frantically shushing each other. The footing on the side of the crater was lousy, soft sand and loose pebbles, but my legs weren't damaged, and I got up to the top with both humans still alive. Valescu tried to collapse, and I coaxed him away from the edge a few meters, just in case whatever was down there had a longer reach than it looked. I didn't want to put Baradawaj down, because something in my abdomen was severely damaged, and I wasn't sure I could pick her up again. I ran my field camera back a little, and saw I had gotten stabbed with a tooth, or maybe a cilia? Did I mean a cilia, or was that something else? They don't give Murderbot's decent education modules on anything except murdering, and even those are the cheap versions. I was looking it up in Hub Systems Language Center when this little hopper landed nearby. I let my helmet seal and go opaque as it settled on the grass. We had two standard hoppers, a big one for emergencies and this little one for getting to the assessment locations. It had three compartments, one big, one in the middle for the human crew, and two smaller ones to each side of the cargo supplies, and me. Mensa was at the controls. I started walking, slower than I normally would have because I didn't want to lose Valescu. As the ramp started to drop, Pinley and Arata jumped out and I switched to voice comm to say, Dr. Mensa, I can't let go of her suit. It took her a second to realize what I meant. She said hurriedly, That's all right, bring her up into the crew cabin. Murderbots aren't allowed to ride with the humans and I have to have verbal permission to enter. With my cracked governor, there was nothing to stop me, but not letting anybody, especially the people who held my contract, know that I was a free agent was kind of important. Like not having my organic components destroyed and the rest of me cut up for parts important. I carried Baradawaj up the ramp into the cabin, where Overs and Rathi were frantically unclipping seats to make room. They had their helmets off and their suit hoods pulled back, so I got to see their horrified expressions when they took in what was left of my upper body through my torn suit. I was glad I had sealed my helmet. This is why I actually like riding with the cargo. Humans and augmented humans in close quarters with murder bots is too awkward. At least it's awkward for this murder bot. I sat down on the deck with Baradawaj in my lap while Pinley and Arata dragged Valescu inside. We left two pa packs of field equipment and a couple of instruments behind, still sitting on the grass where Baradawaj and Valescu had been working before they went down the crater for samples. Normally, I'd help carry them, but Med System, which was monitoring Baradawash through what was left of her suit, was pretty clear that letting go of her would be a bad idea. 
but no one mentioned the equipment. Leaving easily replaceable items behind may seem obvious in an emergency, but I had been on contracts where the clients would have told me to put the bleeding humans down to go get the stuff. On this contract, Dr. Rothy jumped up and said, I'll get the cases! I yelled, No! Which I'm not supposed to do. I'm always supposed to speak respectfully to the clients, even when they're about to accidentally commit suicide. Hub system could log in and it could track could trigger punishment through the governor module if it wasn't hacked. Fortunately, the rest of the humans yelled no at the same time, and Pinley added, for fuck's sake, Rothy. Rothy said, oh, no time, of course, I'm sorry, and hit the quick close sequence on the hatch. So we didn't lose our ramp when the hostile came up under it, big mouth full of teeth or cilia or whatever chewing right through the ground. There was a great view of it on the hopper's cameras, which its system helpfully sent helpfully sent straight to everybody's feed. The humans screamed. Mensa pushed us up into the air so fast and hard I nearly leaned over, and everybody who wasn't on the floor ended up there. In the quiet afterward, as they grasped with relief, Pinley said, Rathy, if you get yourself killed, you'll be very cross with me. I know. Rathy slid down the wall a little more and waved weakly at her. That's an order, Rathy. Don't get yourself killed, Mensa said from the pilot's seat. She sounded calm, but I have security priority, and I could see her racing heartbeat through Mensa's system. Arada pulled out the emergency medical kit so they could stop the bleeding and try to stabilize Baradawaj. I tried to be as much as an appliance as possible, clamping the wounds where they told me to, using my failing body temperature to try to keep her warm, and keeping my head down so I couldn't see them staring at me. Performance reliability at 60% and dropping. Our habitat is a pretty standard model. Seven interconnected domes set down on a relatively flat plane above a narrow river valley with our power and recycling system connected on one side. We had an environmental system but no airlocks as the planet's atmosphere was breathable, just not particularly good for humans for the long term. I don't know why, because it's one of those things I'm not contractually ob obligated to care about. We picked the location because it's right in the middle of the assessment area, and while there are trees scattered through the plain, each one is 15 or so meters tall, very skinny, with a single layer of spreading canopy, so it's hard for anything approaching us, approaching to use them as cover. Of course, that didn't take into account anything approaching via tunnel. We have security doors on the habitat for safety, but Hub System told me the main one was already open as the hopper landed. Dr. Gurathan had a a lift gurney ready and guided it out to us. Overs and Narada had managed to get Baradawaj stabilized, so I was able to put her down on it and follow the others into the habitat. The humans headed for medical, and I stopped to send the little hopper commands to lock and seal itself. Then I locked the outer doors. Through the security feed, I told the drones to widen our perimeter so I have, I'd have more warning if something big came at us. I also set some monitors on the seismic sensors to alert me to anomalies, just in case the hypothetical something big decided to tunnel in. After I secured the habitat, I went back to what was called the security ready room, which was where weapons, ammo, perimeter alarms, drones, and all the other supplies pertaining to security were stored, including me. I shed what was left of my armor, and on med systems advice, sprayed wound sealant all over my bad side. It wasn't dripping with blood because my arteries and veins seal automatically, but it wasn't nice to look at. And it hurt. 
Though the wound seal did numb it a little, I had already set an eight-hour security interdiction through hub system, so nobody could go outside without me, and then set myself as off-duty. I checked the main feed, but no one was filing any objections to that. I was freezing because my temperature controls had given out at some point on the way here, and the protective skin that went under my armor was in pieces. I had a couple of spares, but pulling one on right now wouldn't be practical or easy. The only other clothing I had was a uniform I hadn't worn yet, and I didn't think I could get it on either. I hadn't needed the uniform because I hadn't been patrolling inside the habitat. Nobody had asked for that, because with only eight of them and all friends, it would be a stupid waste of resources, namely me. I dug around one-handed in the storage case until I found the extra human-rated medical kit I'm allowed in case of emergencies, and opened it and got the survival blanket out. I wrapped up in it, then climbed into the plastic bed of my cubicle. I let the door seal as the white light flickered on. It wasn't much warmer in there, but at least it was cozy. I connected myself to the resupply and repair leads, leaned back against the wall, and shivered. Med system helpfully informed me that my performance reliability was now at 58% dropping, which was not a surprise. I could definitely repair in 8 hours and probably mostly regrow my damaged organic components, but at 58%, I doubted I could get any analysis done in the meantime. So I set all the security feeds to alert me if anything tried to eat the habitat and started to call up a supply of media I downloaded from the entertainment feed. I hurt too much to pay attention to anything with a story, but the friendly noise would help keep me company. Then someone knocked on the cubicle door. I stared at it and lost track of all my neatly arrayed inputs like an idiot. I said, uh, yeah? Dr. Mensa opened the door and peered in at me. I'm not good at guessing actual human ages, even with all the visual entertainment I watch. People in the shows don't usually look much like people in real life, at least not in the good shows. She had dark brown skin and lighter brown hair, cut very short, and I'm guessing she wasn't young or she wouldn't be in charge. She said, Are you alright? I saw your status report. Uh... That was a point where I realized that I should have just not answered and pretended to be in stasis. I pulled the blanket around my chest, hoping she wouldn't see any of my missing chunks. Without the armor holding me together, it was much worse. Fine. So I'm awkward with actual humans. It's not paranoia about my hit governor module, and it's not them. It's me. I know I'm a horrifying murder bot, and they know it. And it makes both of us nervous, which makes me even more nervous. Also, if I'm not in the armor, then it's because I'm wounded, and one of my organic parts may fall off and plop on the floor at any moment, and no one wants to see that. Fine, she frowned. The report said you lost 20% of your body mass. It'll grow back, I said. I know to an actual human I probably looked like I was dying. My injuries were the equivalent of a human losing a limb or two, plus most of their blood volume. I know, but still. She eyed me for a long moment. So long, I tapped the security feed for the mess where the non-wounded members of the group were sitting around the table talking. They were discussing the possibility of more underground fauna and wishing they had intoxicants. That seemed pretty normal. She continued, You were very good with Dr. Valescu. I don't think the others realized. They were very impressed. As part of the emergency med instructions, calming victims, I tugged the blanket tighter so she wouldn't see anything awful. I could feel something lower down leaking. Yes, but the med system was prioritizing Baradawaj and didn't check Valsku's vital signs. It didn't take into account the shock of the event, and it expected him to be able to leave the scene on his own. 
On the feed, it was clear that the others had reviewed Valsku's field camera video. They were saying things like, I didn't even know it had a face. I'd been in armor since we arrived, and I had unsealed the helmet when I was around them. There was no specific reason. The only part of me they would have seen was my head, and its standard generic human. But they didn't want to talk to me, and I definitely didn't want to talk to them. On duty, it would distract me, and off duty, I didn't want to talk to them. Mensa had seen me when she signed the rental contract, but she had barely looked at me, and I had barely looked at her because, again, murderbot plus human equals awkwardness. Keeping the armor on all the time cuts down on unnecessary interactions. I said, it's part of my job not to listen to the system feeds when they make mistakes. That's why you need constructs. Sec units with organic components. But she should know that. Before she accepted delivery of me, she had logged on, logged about ten protests, trying to get out of having to have me. I didn't hold it against her. I wouldn't have wanted me either. Seriously, I don't know why I didn't just say, you're welcome and please get out of my cubicle so I can sit here and leak in peace. All right, she said and looked at me for what objectively I knew was 2.4 seconds and subjectively about 20 excruciating minutes. I'll see you in eight hours. If you need anything before then, please send me an alert on the feed. She stepped back and let the door slide closed. It left me wondering what they were all marveling at, so I called up the recording of the incident. Okay, wow. I had talked to Valsku all the way up the side of the crater. I had been mostly concerned with the hopper's trajectory and Barwadawaj not bleeding out and what might come out of the crater for a second try. I hadn't been listening to myself, basically. If I had asked him if he had kids, it was boggling. Maybe I had been watching too much media. He did have kids. He was in a four-way marriage and had seven, all back home with his partners. All my levels were too elevated now for the for a rest period, so I decided I might as well get some use out of it and look at the other recordings. Then I found something weird. There was an abort order in the hub system command feed, the one that controlled or currently believed it controlled my governor module. It had to be a glitch. It didn't matter because when med system has priority, performance reliability at 39% stasis initiated for emergency repair sequence. I hope you enjoyed chapter one of Martha Wells, All System Red, The Murderbot Diaries. You can borrow this book from the library and it can be ready for pickup from the, our library curbside pickup whenever you'd like. So just email myself, Ms. Kalarko, if you would like to read this book. Have a wonderful day.